Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I've done Wellington in a class, but I can't recall putting any special memories in. Yeah. in did you not? Did you not put some like right down the middle, like a core? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to our second festive episode. Happy New Year, everybody! Uh, welcome to our New Year's episode of The Bakedown. I'm Sarah. I will be your host today. And with me, as always, we have the lovely Jane, the lovely Howard and the lovely Dan. And we will be talking our way through our New Year's episode. So, yes, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, has everybody had a good Christmas? Uh, Dan, did you have a good Christmas? I've eaten quite a lot. I feel, again, quite hungover. So, yes, I guess I have had a good Christmas. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Howard, what about you? Yeah, why why do we record these when we're just feeling a little bit kind of, oh, I just want to go back to bed. But, uh... <laughs> Jade, has it been a good Christmas for you? Yeah, well, as, as uh, a sober person, I, it's been a great Christmas because you can sit back and watch everybody else getting drunk and being very silly in the very smug knowledge that you will wake up the next morning feeling bright and chipper. So I'm feeling very bright and chipper. Yes, a very quiet Christmas, just the family over, lots of dog walks, lots of nice food. It was glorious beautiful well we hope all of our lovely listeners have had a lovely holiday a lovely festive period and we are back with our first podcast of 2023 our new year's podcast now we had some lovely returning faces to the tent it was really lovely to see so many returning people we had the lovely manon from 2019 we had anthony also from 2019 Lottie from 2020 and of course Chiggs from 2021. Lovely to see them back. Dan, I know you uh, you live very close to Manon and are quite good friends with her. Was it uh, nice to see her on screen? Well, yes and no. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> because in all seriousness, if I was to go back into the Bake Off tent, I would love to have gone back with either Kim Joy or Manon. 
I like everyone from my season is perfectly lovely, but Kim Joy and Manon were sort of two of the people that really, when I was having my vulnerable moments in the tent, sort of really supported me and were a shoulder to lean on. So I kind of have this fantasy that if I ever went back, it would be with either Kim Joy or Manon. So I'm happy for Manon that she got to go back on, but also a little bit sad for myself because my fantasy return to the Bake Off tent now will not happen. Um, so if oh. I am if I am ever invited back, it won't be with sort of the people who would have been really special to go back with. So I'm kind of a bit sad in, in that respect. But I don't think they'll invite me back anyway, to be completely honest, because the person who's in charge of casting has unfollowed me on Instagram. So um, I don't know if I'll be invited <laughs> back. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can read between the lines. So uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe they left. Maybe somebody else has taken over. Maybe they did. Was it something I said? Probably something I said. So yeah, no. But I would have loved to have gone back home with Manon. You know, when I found out she was on, I sort of messaged her and said, you know, oh, very exciting. And she said, um, it would have been nice to have gone on with you. You know, you know, I'd, I'd have had, some, I'd have had some real competition. And I was like, cheers, babe. So. <laughs> no, she, she knew she'd win if you were on. That was oh, the thing. And of course, lovely Anthony for my season as well. And um, I've not had much interaction with either Lottie or Chig, so it would have been nice to have met them as well. But um, yeah, it was great to see them all back. And I thought it was a really, really good lineup, actually. So um, yeah, I was excited for that one. Indeed, yes. So Chig's uh, famously made it to to the final. Jane, do you think there's extra pressure when you make it to the final, but then you don't quite win and then you go back into the tent? Did you feel extra pressure to win? To be honest, no. It's such a different experience when you go back for one of these sort of festive specials. You're just delighted to be back there and they, you no longer feel like some sort of fish out of water. You feel it's all very familiar and a lot of the crew's the same, or it certainly was when I was there. And it was just joyous. Andrew and I had this thing because we were I was on my Christmas special with Andrew both of us had this like who really did come second (laughs) well I mean there was no contest was there I knew who came second really Um, Andrew, yes, we know. know. I remember the shot, actually, on your Christmas special of you two glowering at each other. Uh, That was really iconic. I enjoyed that. Yeah, you could see the the competition. It wasn't really. I I mean, we're great mates. We're great mates. You know, it's lovely. Uh, Nobody really takes it as seriously, to be honest. It's just a wonderful bit of festive fun with some baking taking place as well. And... um, Dan, I would love to go into the tent with you. I mean, I think we would have a laugh. Why, you know, anybody listening? Well, they're not listening to you, are they, if you've been unfollowed? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, shame. Wow. If anyone's listening, um, you know, please, uh, can, we, can we have us three in the tent? And who else would we pick for our fourth? That would be such I don't fun. know. But well, hang on. We need, would be we need another girl. Um, so if we're talking our little bunch, maybe Karen. Oh, Karen would be fun. As long as oh, yeah. Chris- Get the crisps in. Can I present? Or... Can I be? Can I take <laughs> yeah. over from Matt Lucas? Can I yes. be a presenter? Absolutely. Yes, that would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> Yay! Or the lovely Rosie, but oh gosh, if it comes to presentation stakes, Rosie will probably beat us hands down. But, yeah, uh, let's not pick uh, Rosie. Yeah, not Rosie. <laughs> no, we can't have, we can't have Rosie. Sorry, Rosie. Andrew could come back because Andrew's one of the crew as well. So it could be, you know, there could be four four old queens in the tent, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry, I'm Andrew. definitely presenting oh, this. <laughs> this is happening. We're gonna even if we can't get into the tent, we'll just go into a tent and we'll, yeah. we'll make this happen. We'll film it. Well, we sorry. On that note, there's a wonderful. Um, I hope it's not an apocryphal story. Some um, a couple of footmen or butlers or something squabbling in a corridor um, outside the Queen Mother's apartment, obviously, clearly before she died. And apparently she opened the door and went, when you two old queens stop quarrelling, this old queen wants a gin and tonic. (laughs) (laughs) And I I just love that story. I think uh, just shows a nice bit of humour. Anyway. Is this how you're going to treat me and Howard if we get back into the tent then? Is that basically how it's going down? (laughs) (laughs) Bring it on. (laughs) That would would be... Just wonderful. Perhaps that would be a spin-off series. <laughs> oh, we are making this happen. This is got, this is my New Year's resolution to make this happen. <laughs> Fabulous. This is what we're going to do. Oh, that would be good. Perhaps we could do a US road trip, guys. Perhaps we'll do a US road trip would be just amazing. Anyway, there we Great. go. Great. Well, I don't think we need to discuss the episode. I think we can just talk about our plans for this. <laughs> no, we will. We will discuss the episode. We will. So, yes, we had some lovely returning bakers. It does really feel like a warm, cosy blanket, doesn't it, to see four of the people we've grown to love come back into the tent. You know, it's still festive. We've, uh, we're baking new things. Paul, Paul is nicer. It just feels like a lovely, comforting start to the new year. Um, so let's kick off with the signature. We had a savoury Wellington, uh, which was a lovely challenge to see for a signature. Any pastry at all, but the fillings should hold festive memories. How would you quite like this trend of, you know, we saw it in the Christmas episode as well. Your fillings must hold some sort of special memory to you. Do you like that? I don't know. I must have been drinking at the time. I didn't know that they had to do special <laughs> memories in the middle of a Wellington. I thought they were just putting a bit of, I thought they were putting a bit of fish or yeah, meat exactly. in it. Just oh, a bit of beef would probably do it. <laughs> yeah. I've done Wellington in a class, but I can't. I can't recall putting any special memories in. <laughs> did you not? Did you not put some like right down the middle, like a core, <laughs> or round the outside? The thing that surprised me about this was was uh, Prue's comment about the Wellington that it's a perfect hangover cure. It's like I would never have thought of a Wellington as a hangover cure. A bacon sandwich, maybe, yeah, a bit of alcohol, or a full English, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, she's very posh, isn't she? I feel like it might be the Queen Mother's hangover cure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I, I think maybe maybe she was talking about Wellington boot as a really good sort of <laughs> standby in case you feel queasy. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, that's gross. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> yes, um, a, little, uh, a little bit of a, a posh hangover cure there, but uh, a a good Wellington is always a, a nice thing. So let, let's kick off with our flavours. We had Manon going for a salmon roulade Wellington uh, with some lovely cream cheese and dill and her Burblanc sauce, which sounded delightful. Anthony had a Kerala beef Wellington wrapped in onion and coconut duxelle which sounded just amazing. Chig's jerk lamb wellington with prosciutto and spiced mushroom duxelle with a lot of chilli. And Lottie as well going for this salmon en croute inspired with a bit of mackerel and caviar. What a very luxurious um, signature challenge. Dan, is there any 
Is there any flavours there that really stood out for you? You guys know I'm quite boring with my flavours. I like sort of classic things. So I would have really liked, I think I would have liked Anthony's, but I, I think he did a little bit of a twist on it, but most of the flavours were kind of, you know, the, the construction of it was sort of very similar. So I probably would have enjoyed Anthony's. I probably would have enjoyed all of them, to be honest. Chigs, I don't really like, I can't really do spice in terms of heat. Um, you know, I like spice in terms of flavor but in terms of heat i i give up very quickly with that um so chicks probably wouldn't have been quite my cup of tea not that that made it bad it just wouldn't have been my cup of tea manon sounded sort of absolutely lovely it's the kind of thing that i would have done in that situation very classic um lottie's also sounded nice the similar kind of salmon flavors I mean, the decoration on hers was... Um, how would you describe that, Jane? Uh, a car crash, I think, is what I would say. <laughs> That's <laughs> <a spirit>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, what does she call it? She's, she did something and she said it was like polishing a turd. <laughs> she was spraying it with glitter or something. And that reminds <laughs> yes. me, it reminds you, I mean, not, I hate to make everything about myself, but we know me by now. I, I made a salmon kulbiak and uh, I, very similar, actually, I wrapped it in a coriander pancake and then pastry and it looked god awful. And I just sprayed it with like silver spray. I was like, I'll fix it. And I, just, I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like Lottie was taking a leaf out of my book. She's just like, I'll just, I'll just spray it with something it'll cheer it up a bit but yeah it looks god awful and i think there's you know there's something to be said for you know when things don't turn out exactly the way we planned but it kind of i i could didn't quite understand has it she put an outer layer of pastry on that then just sort of broke and slid off was that basically what happened yeah she didn't chill the pastry at all before baking it so it went straight from molding around the the filling and she was really really short on time so it went straight in the oven uh yeah not a pretty look not a pretty look because that was the only real thing that went wrong i said it's very easy to focus on lottie's sort of rather interesting presentation um but i think everybody produced something that was technically well baked and has interesting flavors and the flavors delivered so i think you know that aside it was a very very successful signature for everybody wouldn't you say i think it was definitely um i really enjoyed manon's design a call back to her poppy the octopus pastry in 2019 that didn't come out quite as she'd hoped so it's always lovely to see when people try something again and try and have a bake-off tent redemption um yeah. and i thought the the technique of cutting out the little holes and then lining them it just looked beautiful when it came out in a wellington the other three did very well with design overall it was a little traumatic for me to see Manon's octopus because for those of you who don't pay quite as much attention to me as I do, the week that I got sent home was pastry week <laughs> and Manon was the other person who was up against the chopping block. It was between oh. me and Manon. And Manon, I mean, mine was absolutely god-awful, but hers was not great either. Um, and, you know, it was sort of, it was essentially Manon who sent me home by being slightly better. So I had very mixed feelings about seeing the re-emergence of Poppy. Um, but it was also sort of therapeutic for me to see her revisit a pastry disaster and pull it off and make it a wonderful thing. So, um, Would you do that, Dan, if you got the chance to go back in? Would you redo the bake that you were? That would have been my instinct, actually, because I made a Kulabiak, which is very similar. It's basically a Wellington. And that's basically what I made. Um, and I know how I could have made it differently. Like, I shouldn't have bothered poaching the fish first. I should have made a rough puff instead of a full puff. Um, you know, there's uh, there's things that I would have instantly know how to change and how to do it better. Um, yeah, so I could have very easily come up with the idea because I've already 
tortured myself over how I should have done things differently. So yes, I could have done, I, that would have been my instinct actually. So I think that was kind of an easy one for her to prepare actually, because a lot of the thinking had probably already happened before she'd even seen the challenge. Yeah, I mean, she was the only one as well, very sensibly, made a short crust. All the others made a, a rough buff. She was the only, so she would have had a lot more time to, to fiddle about with things and make it look beautiful because I, I just didn't like the idea of it being um, cream cheese. I'm sure it tasted delicious, but it, and it works and everybody loved it. But can I go into one of my huge bugbears that everybody has listened to this? Yeah, cling film. How much cling film was in this episode? There was huge, you know, Manon had sheets of it. Lottie had sheets of it rolling their filling. What's wrong with rolling it in a bit of greaseberry paper rather than having to roll it in cling film? Please, Bake Off, please just say, this series, we're not having any cling film. Uh, it just, I thought the challenge was lovely. I, I thought they all did really well. Well, four great bakers really on their game this whole episode. I thought it was just nitpicking to, to to sort of choose between them. I thought I thought it was great, but that wretched cling film just ruined the the um, signature bake for me. It, it was such a shame. It would be really nice considering that we had our final, uh, well, last year was um, so focused on our beautiful planet. It would be really nice if Bake Off would help to lead the way in, in getting rid of cling film because there are so many alternatives nowadays and it is it is such a single-use product. So, yes. There are compostable, disposable piping bags now that are sort of made of plant things. I imagine some sort of cellulose-adjacent type thing. So I feel like cling film or something similar that is compostable can't be too far away, actually. So, uh, Let's I, it hope is a, so. It's a very useful product, but as Jane and Howard like to say, like it's not the best for the single use plastics generally are just like not the best thing in the world. So hopefully they will come out with an alternative because it is it is blooming useful, I'm afraid, Jane. I know no matter how much you hate it, it does have its uses. Well I have but I haven't used any. I haven't used any for about three three to four years now. I've got still the same manky old roll of it in my drawer as I had before. And whenever I think, oh gosh, cling film would be really useful now, I find a different way around it. I just don't think we need it, to be perfectly honest. You had me at manky old roll. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't have any breakfast then. Um, yeah. It, uh, anyway, there, that was my only bugbear. But for me, the flavour I really want to recreate is Lottie's. I thought that sounded fab with the pea and mint around the outside and the two bits of salmon and the mackerel and caviar in the middle. I mean, a real luxury filling, but it's... I just love the sound of those flavours. I thought it's... Even the lemon and black pepper crepe, I thought it sounded nice. Ooh. And the chive and parmesan pastry. It's just, they'd all seem to think about every aspect as well. To be quite honest, I'm not sure I would have liked any of these just for my own personal taste, but the the spices that Anthony had put in and putting the coconut in everything as well and Chiggs's jerk seasoning with the chilli and it just all sounded divine. It was just so joyous to watch them all make such beautiful, beautiful things. The comments as well, as we've said, were really, really great from the judges. I think Manon 
had absolutely no negative comments at all. I think it didn't prove say she couldn't find any faults and she had a full redemption from her previous pastry failure. So that is always good. Where was the handshake? Exactly. Yes. And what was wrong with Paul? And where, where, get, uh, come on, get yeah, your I hand agree. out. Could have given handshakes all round. Literally nothing bad to say. I do get what the public, sometimes the public will moan and they'll say, you shouldn't just give out handshakes willy nilly. But to me, if a bake is a 10 out of 10, They've nailed everything. They've delivered technically. The flavors are amazing. Why hold back? It doesn't make that. It, it, if you're handing out a handshake for something being exceptional, if it's exceptional, you should give it a handshake. I, I think. Mm. Um, mm, so, I agree. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed for Manon. I mean, she got a handshake on her own season in week five. I remember it well. I was there. So she has uh, gripped the sausagey fingers of, of Mr. Hollywood, but it, I think she deserved one then. I really did. Indeed, yes. It was a disappointment that she didn't get one. Um, I mean, that's, that's where the handshake came from originally, wasn't it? P- Paul was so overwhelmed with the beautifulness of somebody's bake that he put his hand out to to congratulate the baker. That's the, the point of the handshake. Prue was the one who really loved it, and Prue doesn't have a handshake, does she? And I think if Prue had a... a but an honour to bestow in the same way, she would have given her one, if that makes any sense. Um, so I don't know if he loved it quite as much as Prue did, but Prue said she couldn't find fault with it. Is that what she said? She said she can't find anything to complain about, which I thought was sort of damning with faint praise in a, in a way. I thought that sounded horrible. Can't, do you, can't do you find want to complain to about it? Complain about. <laughs> I just think, is that what you're looking for? Um, but I, I mean, Anthony, I think equally could have been there for the the handshake because it was looks amazing, looks faultless, um, beautifully cooked, so delicate, a triumph. So you know, there's nothing negative about Anthony's either. Uh, so I think there could have been at least two handshakes there, to be honest. I think Chiggs did well. The only thing that, that sort of let him down a little bit was it just looked a little bit pale. It needed a bit more colour on the outside. But... The lamb was a little overcooked. So you have to be very careful with a lamb loin because you can almost eat it raw, to be honest, a lamb loin. So just too long in the pan before sticking it in the pastry. That's all. Um, I think I think Prue said to him, you, you just need a pan really hot just just sort of a few seconds. seal it yeah. very, very... Mm. Just like Anthony did. He was almost counting yeah. it as he was rolling it over. So you just need to seal that and get a bit of colour and um, as, as, quick as, just, as quick as you just like. Just need to you seal the painting. juices in, really. That's all you're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a very, very solid start from our four bakers. Even Lottie's puzzling um, pastry still tasted beautiful. Fish perfectly cooked, crisp pastry. Taste-wise, it's a triumph. So even the worst was still hardly the worst. So a very, very good start from everybody. So we move on to the technical challenge now. This was a very interesting one. I enjoyed watching immensely. This was a vegan baked Alaska um, is this the first time we've seen a vegan challenge when it wasn't specifically a vegan week? We had a chocolate sponge, chocolate ganache, raspberry ice cream, and a vegan meringue in two hours and 45 minutes. I think I would have cried. That's a, That sounds like a lot to accomplish. Uh, what does anybody think of that challenge? 
I think there was one other vegan bake. I forget what week there was. I think in one of the previous seasons, they had a vegan technical for some reason. But yes, all power to your vegans. But you have to understand as a non-vegan doing vegan baking is sort of a bit harrowing. And it's a little, it's just things we don't even think about. That being said, making the cashew ice cream is not so difficult. Okay. It was surprising that a couple of them um, didn't bother to uh, get the seeds out of their raspberries which is just such a to me that's such a beginner error like nobody wants to eat raspberry seeds you know well i mean i sieve raspberries every time because i it's a horrible mouthfeel in my opinion so i'm surprised that half of them made that mistake um but the actual- well, even in jam yeah yeah oh god no, oh, i like, like a few seeds in a jam you're both i wrong. like a few seeds in a jam dan has spoken <laughs> i have spoken but the aquafaba was the interesting bit so a vegan cake not so difficult um you know ganache is not really that hard you know ganache is just two ingredients for anyone who doesn't know but the the aquafaba was the interesting bit and i think that was uh that was where they were most likely to go wrong from my experience of whipping up whipping up aquafaba it does smell like farts doesn't it it's a really unpleasant yeah but once you put sugar in it and i don't know because that what that wasn't cooked was it they did an italian meringue didn't they oh Um, yeah they did so i don't know how much that beanie flavor would have have disappeared but if you bake it you sort of the beanie flavor kind of goes away a bit but yeah that i think that was the bit that made the most visible difference between them and there was quite an array of um standards on that but aquafaba is very unstable in in my experience it's you've really got to whip the hell out of it and they've added a bit of cream of tartar, a little bit of acidity to help stabilize it, which would have helped a little bit. But it's still very delicate, very delicate. And I don't actually know what the right thing to do was. I think they were like holding off until the last minute. I don't know. I haven't done it enough to know how much that would make a difference and what the correct path was on that one. So um, that was that was interesting. Did you do you know anything about that, Jane? No, I don't really. I oh, gosh. It's a tough one. As we saw with Freya, she could make some very good meringue, but it still all had sort of stability issues. It's hard. I think if I was vegan, which I'm not, I probably would never bother to make meringue because I hate the smell of aquafaba when it's going into something sweet and the stability is bad. And I think why make something that isn't, particularly successful you know just because you're vegan doesn't mean you have to make everything that a non-vegan would eat and the ice cream looked great and actually I'm quite tempted to try a cashew nut ice cream I've never done that but it looked fab didn't it with the raspberry soup and ganache is fine you can do anything with the ganache I don't think I would have chosen something with a um with the meringue I just sort of didn't think it was necessary and I think they were being really set up to not have a particularly good result and I think had it been me setting that challenge I would have done some I would have tried to be a little bit more creative I think and maybe you know a fancy arctic roll so you have a a challenging sponge without eggs that you have to then roll around a filling so it would have been hard because the eggs give it a lot of elasticity and things. I just didn't like the idea of the meringue. I could see where they were going and I could see the whole veganuary thing. But to please just leave out the vegan meringue. It's just... It's not the nicest. It's not the nicest thing to eat. Even when you've had a, a sort of halfway decent one, it's not the nicest thing to eat. So 
I will say, though, I have tried making a vegan Swiss roll, and that is actually incredibly difficult without eggs. Isn't it, it is, yeah. Dad. I've tried that yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not easy. Not easy. Howard, if you were presented with this challenge of doing a vegan baked Alaska, what would you think you would struggle with? Is there anything you'd sort of look at and think, how do I do that? Do you know, I think I would have struggled with it all. I really <laughs> do. It's like, I, th- I thought it was one of those, uh, it's one of those challenges where you see the exemplary bake and you think, they're not going to pull this off. And actually, I take my hat off to them. Even when the judges went into the tent and saw them, they thought, you know, these are four pretty decent vegan baked Alaskas. So I think with all the constraints that they had, they did a brilliant job, really. Is the point of veganery that you eat your vegan through January? Yeah. I thought, yeah. oh, I just thought it was like a sort of a general vegan awareness thing. I didn't realize it was like you're actually supposed to be vegan. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you vegan just aware. read, you read vegan cookbooks whilst eating a bacon sandwich. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we apologize to all the vegans <laughs> who've just upset there, Howard. We're sorry. already doing dry January. I'm not doing no meat as well. Sorry, vegans. <laughs> Or eggs, or butter, or cream, it, or... To be honest, I can I can probably live without meat, but oh, I couldn't live without eggs. Especially as a baker, like, replacing eggs is just impossible. There's nothing that replaces them, is there? Vegan cheese is not for me either, I have to say. Again, that's another one of those things. If it tastes horrible, don't try and recreate a, a, a non-vegan thing. Just eat something else. I think the thing that puzzles me is when you see something like pulled pork be- vegan burgers... It's like if you don't like the idea of pulled pork carcass, then why do you want that idea in a burger? Just have something else. Have a nice nut roast. You know, embrace it. Veg is lovely. Yeah. Actually, pulled jackfruit is pretty tasty. Great, yeah. Call it pulled jackfruit burger as opposed to a pulled pork burger. Precisely. Call call it a jackfruit burger. Let let's let's embrace all these other plant based items that we have. I, I'm all for that, but don't call it pork. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree with you, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> is 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 that because you don't like veganism or because you don't like agreeing with me? Yes. Both. Yes. Both? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll go with that. I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do we talk about this when we were doing the, the chat for the main series? Um, they've got banana flour, banana flour fish and chips. What? Have you heard about that? So, no. so yeah, so banana, banana, bunches of bananas grow in these flowers that sort of dangle down. And Is this as a dream the, you had? No! Banana. No! <laughs> it wasn't a dream. <laughs> and, and, and as the flower grows down, the bananas gradually get smaller. So they chop the flower off at the bottom and you've got this big sort of sticky bud thing. And then they do something with it and stick it in a tin. And then what you do is you put it in a brine with some um, seaweed, whatever, whatever whatever the black seaweed stuff's called, what's it called, um, that you, you know, do wrap sushi in and things. Nori? Nori. Nori, thank yeah. you. You put some nori flakes in there and some uh, sort of salty water and you soak it in there. So it, it then absorbs all the flavour, deep fry it in batter and, you know, fish and chip lovers could barely tell the difference between that and deep fried fish. And then when you said banana flour, I thought you spe- I thought you went F L O U R. I was like, how no, do you no. make uh, flour out of bananas? F L O W E R. Oh, that's a trick. Banana flour. Well, there you go. You can buy it in tins now. So not all 
It's a, it's a waste product. Perfect. So rather than waste it, they do something with it and then stick it in a tin and we can turn it into fish and chips or fish, deep fried fish. So, they were, you, know, look, you know, there are things that work really well going or trying to mimic non-vegan food but i just don't think that meringue is one of them so yes a very very well done technical there from everybody anthony came fourth lottie came third chiggs was second and manon was first um i think everybody struggled slightly with the shape uh, and i think we've discussed maybe about vegan meringue not being able to hold its shape quite as well as eggs. I think that's why every, well, Manon definitely waited till the last minute to make her meringue. But again, everybody had really good comments. The boys, as we said, left their raspberry seeds in, so maybe not the smoothest of ice creams. But yes, all really good efforts there in the Vegan Baked Alaska. I'm very glad that Manon won, actually, and I'll tell you why. Because Manon had the insight to know to do the meringue at the last minute, and the others then all copied her. Um, so they got the benefit of her experience. I would have been a little bit annoyed if one of them had got better meringue and then been, because it was she was the one that knew, you know. Um, so I'm glad to see her come out on top. Although I will say that rosettes, they're very hard to do well, and they often sort of fall apart. So I don't know if that was the best choice, even though I think there were rosettes on the exemplary bake. I probably would have done with just sort of like little stars and peaks a little bit more like what Chiggs did. Um, so, But I'm glad she came out on top because I think she had all, all the good knowledge on that one. And um, I think it was another very successful bake for uh, my bestie man on. So um, not that I'm biased in any way at all, <laughs> but um, I'm thrilled to see her coming out on top of that one. So Dan is very <laughs> clearly team Manon going into the showstopper. Howard, do you think somebody is edging ahead of anybody else or do you think it's quite even going into the showstopper? To be perfectly honest, it was pretty even all the way through. I thought that they were all really, really good bakers. So um, hard to call at this stage. Mm, I agree. Yeah, although the technical is ranked, obviously, the difference between the mm. best and the worst was mm. pretty minimal, wasn't Certainly. it? It wasn't It wasn't like there was one amazing one and one awful one. They were all pretty close. Right, so we head into our showstopper, our first showstopper of the year, and we were making a bouche entremet, which just sounds absolutely delightful. I was very, very excited to hear this because you've got a, an entremet and a bouche de Noël, put them together, a bouche entremet. Now, you see, again, I think they're copying us because uh, I believe we were the first company ever to make a bouche Noël. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure we invented that. So <laughs> It is my bouche de Noël class, that is true. But it is a very classic cake that dates back to at least the 1600s. Oh. So it was probably actually James's. <laughs> oh, dear. Is this the sort of year we're going to have, Dan? Of course it is. I wondered where that was going. There we go. So they did not have an easy task. We have to make something that is beautiful, sort of log-inspired, bouche de Noël shape, um, but then has to have all these beautiful, beautiful layers in it. Howard, straight away, do you think Manon's counted as a Yule log, as a Bouche de Noël? Do you know, I don't know. I, I thought it was really, really pretty. Uh, I don't know where she got that mould from, do you? Oh, it looks great, doesn't it? I'd Googled it afterwards and sort of thought, oh, that's really interesting, but I can't find it anywhere. So whether whether she's had it, I don't think she'll have had it 
especially made to you. Wouldn't have thought so. I will say uh, about the boo's shape is Manon is, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Manon is is French. What? And um, (laughs) the, um, it's true. No, but the bouche, it doesn't mean log. The bouche is just like, like the long, the sort of long shape. Like it's just the shape like a log shape, if you like. It doesn't mean a literal log. I don't think that there was anything technically wrong with the shape, but she definitely got a bit of an advantage from having uh, a beautifully um, stylized. Oh, mold. I found it. I've um, just found the mold. Have you? Yes. Oh. It's in a, a European site. It's called Winter Village. Oh. Winter Village and it's... Is it horrifically expensive? 27, basically 28 euros. Oh, ex- ex- excluding that. that, that on top, 28. And they do one also, here we go, I'm, I'm, that's it, I'm completely sidetracked now. They do <laughs> one called <laughs> Lumiere, and it is one, two, three, four, five, ten candles with a wick, sort of side by side in a log shape. I yes. think in Beauty and the Beast. Yes, I was like, I'm very excited that was going to make my day was that oh there we go yeah winter village so there we go guys it's on the shop silkomart.com website but quite weird that the other three all had the exact same mold so i guess maybe that was one of um the standard ones maybe just when you google bush mold it looks really nice it was all in sections and they sort of peeled off quite comfortably so as i like a chump I've been making mine in a one-piece mould and desperately freezing it and turning it out and making it hard for myself. Whatever mould they had looked fantastic. And they got some really nice shapes on there, didn't they? I think Chig's in particular. I actually didn't really like his tempered chocolate decorations, I've got to be honest. On the ends, I don't think they added anything. In fact, I thought they took away, if anything else. But the decoration he had on the middle, it was he had a lovely, smooth um, boost shape. And the decoration on the top was absolutely stunning. I thought Chig's looked, looked absolutely beautiful. That was lovely. I think, was it Pooh that said that the chocolate was unnecessary? Oh, she did. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she did. You don't think it was because it, it was a bit dodgy coming out of the mould and you thought, what can I do on the ends? I'll stick something over it. I'm assuming so, but I think it looked... Sometimes we've all done this, where uh, something's a little bit messy and you try to conceal it with a bit of decoration and then you just end up making it look worse. You know, like if there's a little bit of a crack and you get out the opposite spatula and try and smooth it over and instead of being a tiny area, you've now made a huge area look rubbish. And I think he's that's sort of what he'd done, I think. And, and I, I, I didn't think it looked good, but you know what it's like in the tent, you're running out of time, you're like, oh, what can I do to cover this up? Oh, let's just scribble a bit of chocolate on there. But um, I thought it generally looked really nice. What he should have done, in my opinion, was just cut a slice off each end. That's what I would have done. Oh, yeah. Just cut oh, a slice off true. each end yeah. so that then you just see the middle section. And then it would look cleaner. You just get a, uh, you know, run a knife under hot water um, to get it really hot and then wipe it off and then cut through it and you get a nice clean cut. That's what I would have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a really good call there. As much as I hate to agree with you, but yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. In terms of stuff not coming out quite as you would like it and then disguising it a bit, I thought Manon did a really good job with the dusting of cocoa powder. She did, didn't she? She, you know, just tidying everything up and giving it that even coating made it look really, really lovely. Twitter is going to be up in arms, though, because when we're on our season, she blew on something. And Twitter went mental. They were like, this is so unhygienic. And then she's literally, like, we don't, like, 
I mean, I don't know. I'm one of those parents now. Like, we don't even blow out the candles on cakes. We clap them out. <laughs> like, you can just sort of clap at the cake okay, and blow yeah. the candles yeah. go out. Yeah, Because yeah. we we sort of got a little bit gone off spitting all over our food, haven't we, um, since COVID. Um, so, yeah, I think the internet will be very upset about that. But, uh, yeah. She co- covered it nicely, though. I thought it was she really got out of jail free with that one. I think that was brilliant uh, intuition there. I think I would have liked to have seen. I know it was all... Chocolate, wasn't it? What was the bit in the middle? Oh, white chocolate mist. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate and chocolate. I know it's fairly classic, but I would have liked to have seen something in the middle just to cut through the richness maybe. Um, like Chig's put raspberry in there to cut through the richness. Uh, just a little something, maybe maybe an orange or maybe even a chestnut through the middle and, and not too sweet. I just felt... I would have. I could feel it sort of wrapping itself around my teeth and and wanting to drink something to get it down. Um, I'm sure it was delicious, but I would have loved just something, just something a wee bit sharper to to cut through it. I completely agree. I'm. Um, you know how much I like all the classic sort of combination of flavors and stuff. And you're right. A little bit of sharpness. So um, my go-to is always raspberry, just because it's one of my favorite flavors to go with chocolate. Or like a passion fruit, or as you say, like an orange, like something bright and sharp. Or a, just a cherry, like just don't over-sweeten been... the cherries. Put a sort of something morello-y through. Yeah, a sour, sour cherry, cherry maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been nice, cherry and chocolate. I appreciate Lovely. that my opinion carries absolutely no cachet here, but I, I actually disagree. <laughs> I think like a, a nice, I mean, obviously none of us have tasted it, so none of us can, can truly say, but I think I really liked that she just did the three different chocolates and had nothing else because the the mousse can be quite I appreciate you're not going to have the sharpness but the you know the the white chocolate and then the dark chocolate I think the flavors can just marry together so perfectly that they can actually be quite light so I actually thought it was it was it was quite a quite a bold thing to do because I know chocolate can be quite overwhelming but I hope it tasted as good as we thought it did. I think you're right, actually. It would be, it's kind of a bold thing to do because it's weirdly simple for Bake Off. I think, like, as uh, one of Jane's phrases is throwing the kitchen sink at it, you know, it's very tempting to go nuts and just chuck everything into things. Um, But going plain is a a kind of bravery of itself, going for something simple, being saying, you know, the execution will carry it. And I think they did find a slight fault with the balance of it. But overall, she did quite well. Someone who wasn't afraid of um, throwing the balance out was, uh, of course, Lottie, who delivered something I thought was quite, quite wild. What did you reckon to all that moonshine stuff, Howard? Do you, are you familiar with that? I've never, do you know, I've never tried moonshine. This has definitely got to be on my, uh, well, if we're doing dry January, I shall have to wait till February, won't I now? But it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's sort of tangy, was it? I, I couldn't quite. I don't know what to expect from the flavour of it at all. So Paul said he was getting, uh, his jaw was aching with the tanginess of the moonshine. Yeah. Oh, when it hurts you right up in your jaw. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know whether that was the moonshine or the the blackberry that was doing that. Does that sound like a pleasant thing? I'm not... No. Oh, it's really hurting my face. I love it. <laughs> there, there is a really good phrase that actually um, is used in the TV show The Good Life from the 70s. Somebody has some homemade wine and it's so tart and sharp and alcoholic that uh, Richard Briers, who plays Tom Good, says, it's hurting the back of my eyes. 
and it does it it, it sort of hits you like right up here and that's all I could think of uh, when she said that but I thought her design of the flames on the log was beautiful it was so inventive and Jane it reminds me of your gorgeous holly on your Christmas patterned roulade Oh yes, I mean they're fun. It's fun to do, and there are all sorts of different ways of, of doing it. But I thought, you know, I thought it was different, and I, I so went with her when she went. Oh, I hate this bit, and she cut a bit of sponge and was just praying it didn't crack as it went in. I thought it was great design, and it was different, which is what I really liked. But oh my word, she put a lot of flavours. She had yuzu and whiskey jelly, which sadly didn't quite set. Blackberry, orange parfait, you know. God, again, a lot of flavours that made me think, oh, you could have probably taken out at least one of those flavours and and it might have all just sounded a little bit more cohesive. But all credit to her, it was amazing and and wouldn't have expected anything less from Lottie, to be perfectly honest. It was... uh... She's not shy with her flavours, is she? No, she's not. She's good. She's wonderful to watch, isn't she? I mean, I know we want a television show. Thank you, everybody. You know, we are are fighting for who's going to be there in front of the camera. But I think Lottie, we need to see more Lottie somewhere because she's brilliant in front of the camera. Uh, She's just a complete natural, uh, just a joy to watch. Too bad she's such an eyesore. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. She's incredibly oh, pretty. <laughs> Can I just say, though, her hair is amazing. I love her hair. She's so pretty. I don't know how girls do that. I try and do my daughter's hair all the time. It ends up looking... I, I just don't know how to do it. I'm going to have to seek professional help. I'll get Lottie to help me. Maybe I'll get in touch. <laughs> get in touch uh, with her. None of them, none of them are hard to to look at, aren't they? They were a really yeah. um, lovely, lovely, lovely group to watch. They're a cute bunch, and I think it was funny actually. Somebody said uh, about Chigs. I think I forget. I think it was Matt was talking to Chigs and said something along the lines of, um, "Oh, did you get spotted a lot or whatever?" And he and he said that the gays like you, don't they? And he's like, "Yeah, yeah they're always <laughs> asking me." And he, he said, "They always ask me if I'm gay, but I never answer." And I'm like, "Ah, you know how to work the crowd, yeah. chicks. You know." What you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very handsome bunch, actually, wasn't it? It was a, ve- a very good-looking crew. It was, yeah. Anthony, I thought, was just gorgeous. A man on a, of course, is lovely. No, we mustn't be. We're talking about their baking, not about their looks. Baking, sorry, that's back very to baking. Non-PC, isn't it? But. <laughs> Um, but they are a beautiful bunch. They are a beautiful bunch, all of them. I I was reminded uh, in Lottie's log of the uh, the the jelly she was putting through in the very long thin mold. It uh, it reminded me of Dawn last year where she oh, put the jelly, yeah. and it seemed to be exactly the same mold. And I, I was sort of having palpitations and flashbacks to Dawn's jelly not working, and then Lottie's didn't work. And I thought, don't buy this mold. Nobody <laughs> buy this mold. They keep you. I think the mould is fine for, for different things. I think the trouble is with those moulds, she said with no no experience, so I'm completely talking out of, uh, yes, we'll be back going to it, uh, is, you know, if she'd put a mousse or a bavoir in there and frozen it, would it come out just fine? Jelly, you're not supposed to freeze jelly. No. Um, so to put jelly in that mould, and jelly is terribly delicate, and if you freeze it, it there's a good chance it's not going to work. Um, I think on a series good years ago, it was like, don't put gelatin in the freezer, Um, which we all do at times. So I think it's what they put in the mould, not the mould that's an issue. Um, And also, 
they will have filmed this before Dawn series was televised. Yes. Mm. So probably use the same mould. <laughs> quite possibly. <laughs> probably. Very, very um, true. Can I just talk about, we haven't really talked about Chiggs and Anthony's bakes, but Chiggs, I was a huge fan of Chiggs um, last year. I thought he he always paced himself really well and was very measured and controlled and did a, a lovely job. I thought, chocolate bits aside... The flavour combination and the neatness of it was just delicious, wasn't it? And the mango glaze, I thought a mango glaze was a, a genius. I, I can't wait to rush out and try some of the things from all of them, actually. And Anthony's chestnuts, I think we have been treated with this episode to four fantastic bakers at, at the top of their game, just entertaining us in a way that Bake Off can do and it it just filled me with joy for the new year i thought the whole program was fantastic i loved absolutely loved every minute of it yeah i totally agree apart from the cling film i think often bake-off will play up uh, or sort of the drama and the mistakes they didn't have the opportunity to do that this time because everybody delivered everybody did a great job everyone in that tent there was no there was no um sort of seat warmers no place fillers everyone there did a fantastic job and that was that was really nice actually because as much as it's funny to see people mess up or it adds a bit of drama and interest it's really nice to just see a bunch of people who are really good at something go into a space and all do a good job and all leaving feeling being able to feel proud of what they did. And I think that was a lovely way, as you say, um, to start the, the year and to welcome Bake Up into the New Year. I thought it was lovely. It filled me with a little bit of joy. It really, really did. I, I wholeheartedly agree. So, yes, very, very good comments from everybody. Manon's Three Chocolate Village uh, Bouche de Noël with all the different chocolates looked very wintry and festive and the way she got the mousse to hold the shape of the mould was very, very impressive. Anthony's chestnuts with love had all the Christmassy flavours, pears, mulled wine, chestnut, caramelised white chocolate. It was beautiful and shiny. The flavours blended really well together. Could not give enough praise to Anthony, couldn't the judges? Chig's bougie bouche, um, as we've just spoke, spoken about, was beautiful. Spiced pistachio, cardamom, saffron, white chocolate, raspberry, mango, all the flavours. Again, spectacular was the word they used for the flavours and unusual, but lovely. So superbly high praise there. And Lottie's the original Yule log with its gorgeous patterned sponge flames all the booze. Maybe she had a few technical wobbles there, but it did look beautiful, the overall effect. And um, I'm not sure the judges said too much about the flavours. I don't know if I missed that, but um, I assume everything went well together because it all just sounded absolutely delightful. And so, of course, with our festive episodes, we don't have to send anybody home, which is brilliant. And we do get to crown a Bake Off star baker. And this year, our New Year's star baker was Manon. So, Howard, what do you think? I mean, I think any of them could have won a well-deserved win there. It was it was a well-deserved win, but you're absolutely right. The standard was so, so high. Any of them could have won. 
And of course, well, we, we don't have to say goodbye to any of the contestants, but actually we are saying goodbye to Matt Lucas, aren't we? He's, he's done a, he's think he's done three series now. It's nice that he's done some in lockdown and out of lockdown. So he's had the full bake off experience, but yes, he is moving on to other projects and it's going to be really sad to see Matt Lucas go. He really burst onto the bake off screens, didn't he? With his uh, impression of uh, Boris Johnson in lockdown. It was a very memorable start. So, Jane, what do we think about seeing Matt Lucas go? Oh, I'm very sad. I'm very fond of Matt Lucas. I, I cannot imagine who's going to take over from him. I thought it was a brilliant fit match with uh, Noel. And I was delighted when he, he joined the team. And hopefully they will pick somebody equally as lovely. Um, but we wish, him, we wish him well and hope, as Sarah's saying. It's I'll her. do it. Um, I'm free. <laughs> Well, yes, it's a, unfortunately it is a goodbye to Matt Lucas, but what a lovely way to start the new year with our lovely new star baker and our beautiful, beautiful episode of Lovely Bakers. So thank you once again, all our lovely listeners, for tuning in and listening to The Bake Down. We could not do this without you. We hope to see you all at a Bake with a Legend class very soon. Jane, Howard and Dan, thank you for spending the time with us today and chatting about our New Year's Bake Off. Happy New Year, everybody. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your January and we'll see you very soon. Goodbye. heard a stripped media production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.